Grace, mercy, and the peace of God our Father and of our Lord Jesus, the one who comes to us, be and abide with us this day. Amen. Today we begin a new series for this Advent season for the next few weeks as we anticipate Christmas, as we draw closer to the celebration of Jesus' arrival as that baby born in Bethlehem, as the one who fulfilled prophecy, as the one who came to us as we prepare for that time. We prepare the way. That's the the title of the, the series for the next few weeks. Is your Christmas preparation fully engaged at this point? As a family, ours is. We've been preparing. We uh, got a Christmas tree last week, so tune in on to, the, to the Advent midweek meditation on Wednesday, and we'll talk about our Christmas tree and, uh, and how that goes and how we have decorated it now. So uh, it's all set up. It looks good. It's, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, as they say. Some of our shopping is done. We uh, got online and, and made some purchases just a couple of days ago, and we have some other things that we're kind of making some decisions and, and plotting out how we're going to give the gifts we're going to give for Christmas time. But Advent preparation isn't only to prepare us for Christmas, isn't it? It's not just to prepare our homes and to get the gifts and to do all the decorating. It's more than that. God is showing up. That's what this prophecy in Isaiah chapter 40 is talking about, is God is going to come. And so be ready. Prepare the way. God wants us to hear this word, comfort. Comfort my people. That's verse 1 of Isaiah chapter 40. Comfort. How comfortable do you feel? It's important for us to feel comfortable, right? And we try, we try hard to make our homes comfortable places to live in for ourselves, right? We want to have you know, comfortable furniture. We want to have a comfortable environment. We want to have comfort when we come through the door. And so that is part of, of just making a home, is to make it a comfortable place. We're spending a lot of time at home <laughs> these days with new restrictions. And now if you travel more than 150 miles, there's a 14-day quarantine. And, you know, contact sports can't be played. So now the 49ers are going to have their home games not at home. And shelter-in-place order that begins tonight, so the further restrictions. How comfortable do we feel with all that's going on? And not just in our homes how comfortable, but when we venture out. And there are times when we need to. We need to go to the store. We need to pick up a few things. We need to make sure that we have food to eat. And how comfortable is it? We have a couple of dogs, as, as many know, and, and when we walk our dogs, there are people who look uncomfortable if you're on the same sidewalk. A hundred yards away, people are crossing the street to walk on the other side and avoid each other. Avoid getting close to one another because we're uncomfortable now. In the presence of other people, 
being even somewhat remotely close to other people. It's difficult. A couple of months ago, it seems that many people got comfortably complacent with what was going on, which is a contributing factor to the increase in cases now, or at least that's the expectation. It was that enough people were comfortable in the month of October, gathering, connecting with others, being close, and so the virus had its opportunity to spread. That's what we think, at least. So now here we are, and our plans for December, which often involve other people, right? How many times have Christmas parties and concerts and special events and programs at the school and even programs in this building, in this room, or gatherings here or in homes with people from the church? How often is that part of our December calendar? So this year doesn't feel quite the same for a lot of us. Feel disappointed, maybe, that this is how Christmas is going to go this year. This is how December is going to look this year. It's disheartening. When in March, we expected that this would probably be done by Easter. And then in April and May, it was like, well, when summer comes, everything will get better. And then in summer, things seemed to get better. And in October, it really looked like we were on the right path, the right trajectory, that things were going well. And then came mid-November. And the curve turned sharply upward, and it left us feeling frustrated, stuck, maybe lonely, anxious, far from comfortable. We're disconnected from one another, and we want, we want to be comforted. Have you longed for that feeling of comfort? The feeling that there is an end to this. That life will get back at least closer to what we remember as normal. That we won't have to wear face coverings and live with this kind of overarching concern for ourselves or for other people in the same way that we have now for months. We want to, bring, to, to feel that comfort. Isaiah 40, verse 1 says, Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. He goes on to talk about He's coming. The Word goes on to explain that, that God is coming, that He's coming to visit His people, that He's coming to, He's, he's going to show up. But for many people, that's not comforting because many people fear God. There's a fear of God in the, in the way that maybe kind of like the principal's office. That they see God as, as judgmental, just waiting to, give, to, to have a reason to inflict punishment on them. 
I remember when I was a, a student, in, one time in elementary school and one time in high school, I was sent to the principal's office. Neither time for what I would consider a serious enough offense to be sent to the principal's office, but that's my opinion, and it's subjective, and I understand that. <laughs> and I remember as I was on my way, there was a dread about going to the principal's office. The first time I was in fifth grade, and um, we were playing a game on the playground, and it was a game kind of like baseball, but a little different. I won't bore you with those details, but, but this guy Kevin and I were arguing about a call, and we were like the two managers or the manager and umpire, I forget exactly, you know, what we were acting out in this scenario, but then we started fake fighting physically, you know, kind of the throw the punch, slowly dodge the punch, but then one of those connected, and that started the fight, which wasn't really a fight, but I was sent to the principal's office, along with Kevin, and we got there with a bit of fear because the principal could punish us, really had the right to. We had been in a fight on the playground. And so there was a fear, a fear of what would happen, a fear of how it would turn out, a nervousness at the very least. And some people see God that way, as the one who is, is there to punish there to dole out punishment for the actions that we have taken, whether or not we think they're all that serious. But God's waiting to punish us. For others, He's transcended but disconnected, so Him showing up is kind of uncomfortable, like that relationship that you just don't fully understand. Maybe that one relative that you know you're related to, but he lives somewhere else, and every now and then he comes to visit and you just don't know what to even talk about. You don't really know each other, but this is a relative, and he's, there he is. Maybe God seems unconcerned or unaware or not involved in the lives of people, so if he's going to show up, what's he going to do? How's he going to understand us? How is he going to relate to us? What's that going to be like? God is coming, Isaiah 40 talks about, and so we need to prepare the way. Verse 3, a voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. We hear those words, and because of who John the Baptist is, and because the Gospels point out that he's fulfilling these words. A lot of times we jump right away to John the Baptist and Jesus, but there's more here in Isaiah chapter 40. Yes, John fulfilled these words, but for Isaiah's audience, it's a bit different. They don't know about John yet, and he certainly isn't showing up in their lifetimes, so they need to hear it, and maybe today we can set aside John until next Sunday and, and just think about these words for Isaiah's audience. The Lord is coming. In the context uh, that Isaiah was writing hundreds of years 
before Jesus. If a dignitary was arriving, there would be, oftentimes, a highway would get built. A road would be made to pave the way, though not really paved in the way that we understand it, but to to prepare for the arriving dignitary. At the very least, road improvements would be done. This still happens, right? When there's going to be a big event, a big celebration, or something that's significant, then oftentimes, if, if there's sufficient time to prepare, cities will build things because of an event that's going to happen. Like when there's going to be the Olympics, then maybe bridges get built and road improvements happen and, and things like that because that's coming. If the Super Bowl is going to be played in a, in a particular city, maybe there's some improvements that are done to the stadium and the surrounding area. And that happened not far from here a few years ago when Levi Stadium hosted the Super Bowl. But even now, when someone important arrives, maybe we, at the very least, roll out the red carpet, as the expression goes. We want that person who is arriving to feel important, to be treated in a very special way. Commentary suggests that there was a Babylonian hymn. So, in the context of Isaiah's audience, Babylon, to their north and east a bit, um, so the Babylonians were there, and they had their own hymn that talked about making straight paths for Nabu, the god of writing and wisdom. And so maybe that's a little bit of a, a connection to something that was culturally understood, that this Babylonian hymn said, make straight paths for this other god. And so Isaiah, inspired by the Holy Spirit, said, make straight paths for Yahweh, the Lord, the King of the universe. In our time, if the president comes to town, there's the police escorts and the motorcade that's happening and air traffic is cleared. And even things that are much smaller than that. People who don't get the press and publicity, we still make preparations, don't we? If we were going to have people over in our home, We, as a family, have what we call company cleanup. (laughs) Maybe you do this too. Maybe you don't use that title, but maybe that's something that you do because you want the home to be ready to welcome people. You want things to look at least mostly clean. Maybe not completely spotless, but at least the piles that might be here and there tucked in corners or whatever get moved out of the way. You don't want the laundry baskets in the family room piled up because you haven't quite got there yet. You want to move those. We even do sometimes company cleanup when no company is coming just because we understand what that should look like. We prepare. The Lord is coming, so clear the obstacles. That's what the message of Isaiah 40 is about. Verse 4 goes on. The voice that's crying says this. Prepare the way of the Lord, right? 
Valleys get lifted up, filled in. Mountains and hills are brought down. Uneven places are leveled, and rough places become a plain. So what are the obstacles? What gets in the way? I saw a headline on the, I was just browsing headlines on the news online, and saw that this year there's going to be a Christmas star different from the typical night sky in the month of December. I was curious what that meant, so I read the story. And Jupiter and Saturn are going to be closely aligned on December 21st. And so um, it's believed that that's really what the Christmas star was like, a planet alignment that happened. And so when we get to Advent, uh, sorry, when we get to um, Epiphany, we'll talk about that with the Magi seeing in the sky Not some gigantic star, but planets coming together. On December 21st, that's going to be visible this year. We hope. (laughs) In order to see it, we need clear, dark skies. It's going to be the, the closest alignment, by the way, since like 800 years ago. And so it's pretty significant. This is not something that's coming back next year or five years from now. We'll need clear, dark skies to see it, so the light pollution that uh, we often have in this area, and maybe fog rolling in or clouds in the sky will obscure that from our visibility, that from being seen. But it's not just that. We have to look up. We have to look in order to see it. This is not going to be so bright that it's shining in the window and reminds us and catches our eye. We have to look for it. What gets in the way as the Lord is coming? As the Lord is coming to us, what gets in the way of our preparation? What gets in the way of our celebration, of our feeling and being ready for that? Our hearts are hard. Our minds are full. Our lives are busy. We feel burdened and distracted, and often we aren't looking up. Often we're, we're looking down. Looking down at the way that we're trying to go, at the path that we have before us. Often we're looking at our close environment because of near obstacles that we have to get around, that we have to overcome, problems within our context of our lives that we have to do something about. And so we're caught in this, we have so many things close to us that we can't pay attention to things beyond that. There are obstacles that we have in our way. Maybe it's work-related issues, maybe it's health-related issues, maybe it's pandemic-related issues, family problems, and and we get close, right? Where everything seems so close and we can't even lift our eyes to look. This year, as we prepare for Christmas 2020, behold your God. Look up. Behold your God. This is good 
news. Verse 9 from this chapter, Isaiah 40. Go, up on, uh, go on up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good news. Lift it up, fear not. Say to the cities of Judah, behold your God. Your God is coming to you. Herald of good news, repeated twice in this section. Isaiah doesn't want us to miss it. It's good news. God is coming. Many, many times we hear bad news. I scroll headlines online and oftentimes I don't read much of the story. If it's important, I do. But there's a lot of stories that are simply bad news. We rarely have the TV playing the news in our home because it seems there's plenty of bad news to go around. Understand this, Isaiah's audience had just heard bad news. Chapter 39, near the end of it in verse 6, has these words, Behold, the days are coming when all that is in your house and that which your fathers have stored up till this day shall be carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, says the Lord. Babylonian captivity is coming. The people of Judah were going to be carried off into Babylon, into captivity. The end is near, was Isaiah's message. For the disobedience that, that God's people had shown in the land, their inability to stay faithful to him, Babylon was coming. But behold your God. There's good news. God is coming. So fear not. In the middle of all the bad news, fear not. Why? Because he comes with might. Isaiah 40 goes on in verse 10. Behold, the Lord God comes with might. And his arm rules for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his recompense before him. He's mighty. He's powerful. And he's going to make things right. Babylon, Babylon is coming, but God is coming too. God's showing up to do what needs to be done for his people, to rescue, to battle, to redeem them. But he doesn't just come with might. Your God brings comfort. Did today hear that message the most, that God brings comfort? In the midst of all that we're dealing with, in the midst of struggles that we have, God brings comfort. Verse 11, he will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his carry them in his bosom, and gently lead those who are with young. For Isaiah's audience, that was, those were comforting words, knowing that God was going to do that. Babylonian captivity would only be for a time God was coming. For us, our, our issues, our concerns, our problems are only for a time because God is coming. And the biggest issue of all, which is 
the sinfulness that separates us from God, that instills within us that fear of Him, is only for a time because God is coming. And the struggles that we may feel like are never going to end, those are only for a time because God is coming. And the burdens that we bear that feel so heavy, they're only for a time. God is coming. He's coming to bring comfort. Through Jesus, His Son, the shepherd, who carries us, who leads us. Behold your God. Behold, he is coming. He has come. At that first Christmas, he came with arm and with might. He came as a shepherd. And he comes to us still by his grace to comfort us. Behold him. Amen.